Hi friends, it's me, your friend James, and thanks again for joining us for this edition of The Legacy. Hey, before we get started, I would ask that if you haven't done so yet, that you would click the um, subscribe button and join us in our journey through the life of Jesus so you don't miss any of the episodes. We'd love to have you be a part of us. In our last episode, we talked about the familiar story of Jesus and Fotini, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. And hopefully you saw some things there you haven't seen before. But today we're going to focus in on a certain part of that story and tell us how it, it deals with the purpose that we were created for in the first place, that is, worship. When Jesus first starts to share his message with the woman, she responds like a lot of people do by going off on a rabbit trail. Uh, where is it we're really supposed to worship God? Is it in Jerusalem like you Jews say, or on Mount Gerizim like us Samaritans do? But Jesus knew just how to get her back on track. He told her about a day that's coming that you can worship God no matter where you are. He also tells her rather abruptly that you Samaritans don't even know who you worship. It's us Jews, not the Samaritans who have the revelation of the one true God. So, and so Jesus shows right away that you can only worship God to the extent that you know who God is. Friends, doctrine is important. Theology is important. Don't let anyone tell you it isn't. But the, Jesus says the time has come and is in, indeed here now when true worshipers, focusing on that word true worshipers, will worship God in spirit and in truth. The Greek word for worship is proskuneo, which means to kiss the face of. Isn't that beautiful? But Jesus taught three important points that show us the elements of what true acceptable worship to God is. Number one, we worship the Father. One of the most radical concepts that Jesus taught is the fact that we can relate to God as the Father. And that happens through the new birth that we talked about in episode 11. If you haven't watched that yet, I would encourage you to go back and check it out. Jesus is not simply another religion. People are not in need of quote-unquote religion. People are born spiritually dead, as Romans 5 tells us, and they need to be made alive. And that's what the new birth is all about. My children have a relationship with me that no one else has. Now, some people might ask, are we not all children of God? And the answer might surprise you, but no, not everyone is a child of God. In John 8, 44, Jesus told some very religious people that they were of their father, the devil. Only born-again believers can relate to God as the Father. Next, worship is in spirit. The Greek word for spirit is pneuma, which means wind or breath. Do you remember when God first created man? He breathed the breath of life into him, and he, man became a living soul. Later, Jesus would breathe on his disciples and tell them to receive the Holy Spirit. That makes us alive both physically and spiritually. And once we've received that new birth by water and by spirit, by natural birth and by spiritual rebirth, that's when we become children of God and we can truly relate to God as our Father. Finally, worship is in truth. What is truth? Jesus said, Thy word is truth. The scriptures are the truth, and they teach us how to worship and to relate to God. The scriptures contain the instructions for how God is to be worshipped. In Matthew 15, 9, Jesus told the same religious crowd that they were worshiping God in vain by setting aside the commands of God for the traditions of man. Some people might say, I worship God my own way, but you can't do that. God will only accept worship when it's done His way. Of course, that does include the outward expressions of worship. If you've been around the church for any amount of time, you've probably heard of the quote-unquote worship wars. Should worship be loud and lively with dancing and clapping and shouting, or should it be more somber and reflective? The answer is yes. There are examples of both in the Bible, and there is a place for both in our worship today. So again, it goes back to both spirit and truth. 
But even beyond that, you can go through all the all of the motions and not be truly worshiping. Your worship at church should simply be an outgrowth of your private worship. In fact, your whole life should be an expression of worship. We see this shortly after this when Jesus' disciples get back from their trip to buy food and they try to get him to eat. And Jesus' response, he has food that they don't yet understand. His food is to do the will of the Father. And we learn to do that will through worship. Finally, he redirects the attention from the inward act of worship to the outward fruits of it. Look to the fields that are already white to harvest. In other words, there's a whole field of hungry, hurting people just waiting to hear the good news. And, and one of the ways we prepare ourselves to be able to share that good news is through building an overflow in our acts of worship. Well, friends, thanks once again for joining us. Again, if you haven't already, we ask that you please um, like, subscribe, and tell your friends. And as always, keep it real. I look forward to next time. Thank you.